Hey everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, or day by day, until the end of time. You, uh, James, you hit as that, we hop into this... You hit that historical really well, and I really want to tell you that I am envious because I cannot oh, seem to hit you. the syllables of that to save my life. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate the, the feedback live on air. Um, that sounded sarcastic. You did a good job, that. so I'm going <laughs> to... Thank you. It did really... Like, I said that Thanks sentence, I went, why did that sound... Why did that sound so aggressive? I really didn't mean it to be. It's like, maybe it's just like I'm so used to getting lion denned, you know? Yeah. That like I'm thinking, I don't know. Anyway. Um, I don't even know what that means. Listen, I really looked a gift line in the den. Um, so. <laughs> when you, that feeling when you get hit right in the den? <laughs> you ain't lying. Uh, James, I have a question for yes. you. Yes. If you were. No. Okay. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we okay, listener. I'm, I'm gonna give you a little sneak peek uh, here. We recorded for 15 minutes earlier. Yep. Earlier tonight. Now, granted, we're now coming back to it. We took some time away. We recorded a banger of an episode. Yeah. We were firing on all cylinders. It felt like some of the best timeline scavengers conversation we've had. And I don't know. Not. To, it feels weird to say like in a while because I don't want to like disparage other episodes. But I just feel like sometimes you find yeah. something that's so surprising, right? That like kind of comes out of nowhere. That like you really feel like okay, that was with no prep. That felt really good, right? You know? um, so and then it turns out yeah. my thing was not recorded. So, so this is just a tribute. Yeah, exactly. This is not the greatest episode in the world for 1988. The first episode that you could ever talk about something from 1988 with. Yeah. For the time being, as of uh, uh, May 16th, <gasps> dun, 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 dun. 2023, happy lag wagon day, everybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. Cool. It's just another Saturday. It's a Tuesday this year, but <clears throat> I'll tell you, whenever May 16th lands on a Saturday, it feels like I've hit the jackpot. That was pretty recently, right? A year or two ago? I believe two years ago. Yeah. Leap years and stuff. But anyway. Anyways. Yeah. Hey, Colin. Yeah. I want to talk to you about 1988, and I want to talk to you about a flashback that has a voiceover on it. Okay. All right. Well, then why don't you tell me about that? Fine. Here we go. I'm glad I didn't have to twist your arm or beat you to the ground to get you to let me do this. So this... Speaking of... Speaking of violence, um, this is Luke Cage Season 1, Episode 2, starting at 2349 and ending at 2403. But then basically just close your eyes for one second and then reopen them. That goes back to present day to watch a guy look at his fist for a second, and then it goes back into the flashback. So, um, yeah, yeah. close your eyes for literally like one Mississippi, right? Exactly. Don't say don't say two Mississippi. Just say one Mississippi, two open, one and uh, sort of deal. Um, So there's two people talking in this voiceover. It is uh, Pop, who we're going to see as a young man, and another voice that is sort of. Questioning him, interviewing him, sort of deal. Toucan Sam. Um, Toucan Sam. Captain Crunch. As Pop reminisces in the voiceover, we see him beating up a guy as Cottonmouth and Wilfredo look on. I was a beast. No two ways about it. And then the other voice says, they call you Pop because you were the OG? He says, no, it was the sound of my fist made when I knocked a fool out. Snap, crackle, pop. Cottonmouth, Cottonmouth lost three teeth as a kid. Wilfredo saw him smile, and the name just stuck. 
And Fredo was the craziest little Puerto Rican in Black Harlem. I used to call him Thing One, Cottonmouth, and Thing Two, Fredo. As the three of them exit the alley, a photographer named Jamel asks if he can take their picture, and they agree. Then the, the second person says, what, what, what did that make you, the cat in the hat? And Pop says, something like that. In this scene, yes, we get uh, another reference to Snap, Crackle, Pop. Correct, which we previously saw so, in 1987. Correct. Uh, I've got a question for you. Okay. Snap, Crackle, Pop is a trio. Yeah. However, you and I are a duo. Oh, okay. So it doesn't have to be a duo-based thing, but I am curious, what serial mascots are you and I? I'm thinking. Hold on one second. Let me just... Mm -hmm. I think I have an answer. I just need to kind of go through. Yeah. I think I'm the Trix Rabbit, and I think you're the Lucky Charms Leprechaun. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I like that. There's an interesting dynamic between the two of them because look, the Trix Rabbit is uh-huh. always trying to get the cereal, and the Lucky right. Charms Leprechaun is always trying, trying to, to withhold the cereal. cereal. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I also think of you as like Tony the Tiger. Oh, thanks, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're tall, mm-hmm. handsome, uh-huh. and I really like the way you say the word "great." Oh, <laughs> thanks. Um, That's really blech of you. And also, you have uh, you would look good in a mascot. I think. Oh, thanks. Is um, a mascot or like a handkerchief? It's always. I think it's like a handkerchief, it's but like still. A scarf. Yeah. Uh, and then I kind of almost see myself as like Toucan Sam. Okay. Folly and hoes. I feel like that's sort of my like mentality and uh-huh. so much of the bullshit that we do. Yeah, all that cocaine. Um, yeah. Um, you know who I think neither of us are like. I think the the one that's probably the furthest from us. Um, the Cheerios B. It's actually two. It's what? The Cheerios oh, B. Che- no, I, weirdly, I feel like we kind of are close. Okay, all right. Like, I feel like he's he's adjacent to us. Okay. Adjacent to Rulo. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think that the ones we are the least likely to be. Okay. Shit, hang on. I, f- I forgot what the second one was. Hang on. I literally have no clue what you're about to say. Uh, that's pretty fun. Uh, what we're not similar to at all, but is related to this show, and right, okay. would be Apple Jacks. The Apple and the Cinema. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, um, feels very... You know, we didn't say Fred and Barney from the uh, Cocoa and Fruity Pebbles. I find that one interesting, too, because, again, I feel like it's a classic situation of, you know, Frankie versus Joe, yeah. right? Sometimes one of us is Barney. Sometimes one of us is Fred. Yeah. Or the same time. Sometimes that same person is also Fred. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um. The I feel honey, like I'm, honey smacks frog. Yeah. Doesn't feel right. The, for the cookie of us. crisp thief and dog. No. I was also thinking that same thing. Like, I think we're both like into cookies, but I don't think we're like cookie right. crisp type. Yeah. Type I uh I I would also say uh Sunny from the uh, Cocoa Puffs. I get it, but he sort of has this manic thing that I'm not I'm not yeah, super down I with. Think. Yeah, I think we're too anxious for it. Uh, and Captain Crunch, of course, I I don't uh, I'm not sort of a military sort of dude. Um, uh, I'm kind of an A cab type situation. A captain. A captain. Uh, a all caps are bastards. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's a bold statement to make. 
on this Marvel Cinematic Universe know, in between Captain America and Captain Marvel. At least in terms of series. And Captain Pikachu, uh, which is a property that I am still pitching. Or pitching, I, I will, the first time pitching because I just realized that we're doing this. For, anyways. anyways, all that aside. Uh, the rest of the scene, though, you know. It's, I mean. Interesting. Yeah, I think that um, the uh, characters of Pop and, and Cottonmouth, who is Cornell. I, we haven't really established that Cottonmouth and Cornell. Right are the same person. There's one scene where someone says, hey, Cottonmouth, and he's like, don't call me that. But here it sort of feels right. like he's embraced that. They are played by the same characters, so we don't have to do Avengers Ensemble for those two actors. It's still the same guys. Um, before we get to Avengers Ensemble, though, I did two pieces of, of research, one when we were actually talking and one before mm-hmm. we were talking. Um, the first I want to share with you is about Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Um I was sure, I basically, my thought process in this, and and listener, please bear with me, this thought process is flawed almost immediately because of the time period. But I was like, okay, so 88, Snap, Crackle, Pop, is that like, because that was like the current new Rice Krispies sort of slogan deal? Like, what, what are we talking about here? When did Snap, Crackle, and Pop become the thing for Rice Krispies? And so I found this on Wikipedia, Colin. Okay. Uh, and and the uh, the fun thing that you and I are both doing, even though we've explained that we are uh, re-recording this, is uh, acting like I haven't said. Because well, the funny thing is, I know you said it, but I can't right. remember it at all. Oh, that right? Because you at the time when I was reading this, you were uh, realizing what had gone horribly right. right. Uh, it says the gnome characters, Snap, Crackle, and Pop, were originally designed by illustrator Vernon Grant in the early 1930s. The names are onomatopoeia and were derived from a Rice Krispies radio ad, which when we first recorded this, I read radio ad as jingle. So I tried to say it with like a, a rhythm, but it's a radio ad. So it's just spoken. So here it says. What's an onomatopoeia with you? <laughs> also, I'm an onomatopoeia. That would be, I, I have to imagine that somewhere, some teacher has made three characters called onomatopoeia. Good. Um, and Pia, that uh, Hamilton. Um, so Anna, Mana, and Clarence. <laughs> Very inky, blinky, and Clyde. Winky and Clyde. Yeah, yeah of them. Uh, so this is the ad. Listen to the fairy song of health, the merry chorus sung by Kellogg's Rice Krispies as they merrily snap, crackle, and pop in a bowl of milk. If you've never heard food talking, now is your chance is the ad and that says the first character i believe it was snap appeared on the products packaging in 1933 and then vernon grant added two more and named them snap crackle and pop i love when you think it's gonna rhyme and then they choose to not right. do it have you seen i saw this, that, this tiktok or, or, or facebook reel or whatever that was this australian rap group called the 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 rap that doesn't rhyme and they kept leading up to these raps and then saying a, a different word it was very good and I, I hardly recommend it. I don't know what it was called or who they were, but I did just say a general concept. So that is that. Um the second piece of research I did was I I had seen before that the character that takes a photo I thought was a character from the show. That it was like, oh, this character takes a photo in nineteen eighty eight and then in the you know, in the show itself is this other character like Bobby Fish or whatever. But like, 
Yeah. Um, so um, Pop very helpfully, he says, hey, can I take your picture? And he's like, sure, man. It's Jamel, right? I'm like, thank you, Pop. Very, once again, bridging, making borders, bridging borders. So this one's for IMDb. I went on IMDb, of course, to do my Avengers Ensemble and saw that there was a character named Jamel Shabazz. And I was like, oh, that must be that person. Okay, so let me look up and see if when, you know, who I'm remembering from the future or whatever. Colin, it turns out. Is this Shades? Jamel Shabazz is an actual person. Oh. Oh. Jamel Shabazz is an African American fine a fashion, fine art, documentary, and street style photographer. His work has been published in books, shown in exhibitions, and used in editorial magazine works. He was born in Brooklyn. Uh, he centered his work on minority people and areas of America during a very turbulent time in the country. He was a pioneer in creating awareness of the livelihoods of African American and minority people in the dense New York City area. Jamel Shabazz was a master at using what is at his disposal to his advantage to create a realistic scene of being part of the black community in that time, period, and location. His works of art were created to express the joys and happiness that come along with growing up in the city. Jamel paints the minority poor class that lives within it, therein a familiar and playful light. Sorry, that lives there in a familiar and playful light that goes against many negative stereotypes people had at the time. So basically, during from like 88 to like, or sorry, from 80 to like 91 or something, he was taking these photographs and then compiling them into like, he would like do shows and stuff. But like he, he released this book that was basically like, here is the eighties through my camera lens that, you know, you can witness sort of the rise of hip hop culture and fashion and stuff. So it is very cool and very fun and a very interesting Easter egg to put this actual photographer into this random flashback. That was like, you know, like we were, you know, uh, and then we were walking along and, and all of a sudden uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda came up to us and was like, hey, do you mind if I write a freestyle rap about you? And we're like, sure, Lin-Manuel Miranda, it's 2012 and you are up and coming. And he's like, what? Like, it's such a random flashback of a real person to put in this. And I think it's very cool. It would be like, I mean, again, like it's, it's <laughs> in a way it feels almost like the way they're trying to do like a cameo that you would in like another movie yeah. where people will be like, oh my God, I can't believe Thor's in this one. Right. right? Like, even if it's just for a split second, but they're like, eh, and everyone's kind of like, right. okay. Well, and you know, the interesting yeah. thing of course, is that uh, you and I as two uh, white non-New Yorkers that were not around in New York City in the 80s have no idea right. who this is. This is a long, sort of like with the 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 episode titles being track titles of, of, of rap songs. This is another sure. sort of like, if you know, you know, sort of deal, which is, uh, which is kind of cool. And one service that I do like to provide uh, as a podcaster is finding these Easter eggs and sort of opening them up to now Everyone who listens to our show knows about Jamel Shabazz and stuff like that. And if you don't know, now you know. Mr. President. Exactly. So uh, that are those are the two pieces of research that I did. Um, so all that's left is a bit of an Avengers ensemble if you are uh, physically and psychologically prepared for that. Avengers Ensemble. 
All right, so Luke Cage season one, episode two is called Code of the Streets. It, like all the rest of Luke Cage season one, uh, dropped on September 30th, 2016. The title uh, it comes from track three of the fourth Gangstar album, Hard to Earn. The song Code of the Streets peaked at number 83 on the hot R&B hip-hop singles and tracks chart, number 33 on hot rap singles, and number five on hot dance music, which was actually pretty surprising to me and probably indicates that there was some sort of criteria that put it on the hot because it was actually called the like hot dance music slash maxi singles release something. So it may be that it wasn't like being played in the clubs, but was rather released in a format that was also played in the clubs or something like that. I was listening to the song. I was like, really? Number five on the hot dance music? Like Donna Summer was around for a long time. I mean, like what's going on here? I mean, I feel like that's a cool thing that we see sometimes in this show, which is just simply that like a song of that nature sort of gets played in like a club setting. For sure. Like that happened in the 1940s, right? Is that math correct? Late 1930s? No, well, what? Certainly in the 1940s. What am I talking about? With uh, not Calvin, the mind reader. Oh, um, Mind readers also not the thing to call him. Jason Jason Wilkes. Yeah. God damn. Sorry, Jason Wilkes and Carter. They go to the club and you have to yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. Right. The mind reader. That's not at all what it was. Sorry. Just. <laughs> so um, this you take enough time away from someone and you cannot. I could not name Jason Wilkes to save my life the last time we recorded. Yeah. Uh, directed this. Uh, no, sorry. This album. This episode was directed by Paul McGeegan. I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, he did one episode more like Paul McGeegan. <laughs> Got him. Um, he directed one episode of the 2020 Dracula miniseries, which I think was maybe on BBC. Not positive. He directed one other episode of El- of I wrote Elsie of Luke Cage. Uh, he directed the uh, the movie Victor Frankenstein. Four episodes of Sherlock. Uh, the Chris Evans movie Push. Uh, two Snow Patrol music videos. So yes, at this point we can conclude he is British. And uh, he also directed uh, two Josh Hartnett uh, movies in the early 2000s. Uh, one, Lucky Number Slevin, which is for sure a reference that I have made recently on I Am Feeling Incredibly Old. You have to look up Josh Hartnett. Um, he was in The Faculty, and yeah, you got it. Um, Again, sometimes sometimes you know the name. Right. Oh, sorry, nope. Sometimes you know the face, not the name. I was like, who the hell is that? And then the second song was like, oh, this this idiot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know why I call him an idiot, but that's yeah. uh, Christopher McDonald uh, was a name that I mentioned. I think in another episode uh, is a name of like he played uh, the bad guy in Happy Gilmore, the dad in SLC Punk. I've seen him in all these things. I've never been able to clock his name, and I randomly had it uh, uh, when we were talking. Um, and then he also directed another Josh Hartnett movie called Wicker Park, uh, which is an adaptation of, I think, Othello or Merchant of Venice. I think it might be Merchant of Venice. Um, it's a, a Shakespeare adaptation. It takes place in Wicker Park in Chicago. What I think of it as is it came out right after Garden State and the soundtracks for Wicker Park and Garden State aren't the same but they sort of play off each other. Like if you put them on like a, a in a, like a CD changer, it would be hard. You'd be hard pressed to be like, ah, I see that this soundtrack has ended, and that soundtrack has started. Like they both have like sort of uh, 
indie-ish sort of, you know, frou-frou-y sort of. Sure. Um, you know, the shin sort of deals on both of them. Uh, but Wicker Park soundtrack is very good. And the movie is very good, too. Uh, the episode was written by uh, Chio Hodari Coker, uh, uh, who is also the showrunner of of the um, uh, of the of the show Luke of Luke Cage, and also created Luke Cage. Uh, he is the person that not he didn't create the character, but he created the show. Um, and I'm very excited about this because in in his upcoming uh, filmography, he is writing both Mask and Visionaries which are two 80s cartoons that I was incredibly into. And like the idea of getting like new releases of those is like, is like really, really, really exciting to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know either of those mask or visionaries? Yeah. Not really. Mask is mask was very interesting because it was sort of like, what if transformers and GI Joe were in the same, were in the same show. Um, okay. Their like their cars transformed from one vehicle into an like this guy's like Camaro also could fly, like that kind of deal. And then visionaries were sort of like they were knights, but in the pilot Merlin gave them each like it was basically it was such a like a blatant let's sell these toys, but like they had to seek this like you know the Merlin through this maze and how they behaved in the maze they got on a hologram and then they could like one guy got like a scorpion and then he could like project like a holographic scorpion out to like fight or whatever. It was really cool. But now it like, it's obviously was to sell these toys cause they had hologram technology. Um, but it was very cool. And I have very fond memories of that. Uh, he also Good. wrote three other episodes of Luke Cage and he wrote the uh, notorious BIG biopic uh, notorious, which came out uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, Jamel Shabazz is played by Cedric Benjamin. I didn't see really any uh, nerdy stuff for him uh, to speak of. And then uh, Fredo, he's credited as Wilfredo Chico Diaz. And I'm like, when do they call him Chico? What, like what? He has a nickname and it's Fredo. What is happening here? Um, Is played by an actor named Brian Mark. um, And he was in, okay. Sometimes you watch things on Netflix just because you're like, yeah, that sounds fine. And I have nothing else to do. And then you're really surprised about it. So okay. a number of years ago, Emma Roberts and Dave Franco, wait, hold on, come back, come back, come back, come back. back. We're in this movie called Nerve, which was sort of like, uh, like if TikTok was like, a, if like TikTok challenges were like an actively like refereed game, Oh yeah. yes, yeah. It's yeah. I didn't see that movie, but I saw the trailer. For it's it. surprisingly good. Like it shouldn't hmm. be as good as it is, but like the way that they use sort of the cinematography, which is something I, I never thought I'd ever I'd ever talk about. Like the way it's shot is so cool, and the plot is is really interesting uh, enough to really uh, hold attention. I, th- I I I recommend it. It's it's good. But he is in he is in that um, as cool. some character, not a main character, because again, it's. Dave Franco and Emma Roberts, but uh, those are the Avengers Ensemble. Uh, that is the Avengers Ensemble, and I have nothing else really about uh, this clip. Yeah, I don't either. So we can go ahead and um, I don't know, take a picture since yeah. you know, to, hey, to commemorate. Hey, this, this take moment. a picture to last longer. He's like, okay, that yes, you're correct. That is how pictures. Than you. He's like, what? What? What'd you say? <laughs> 
Yes. So why don't you uh, why don't you take us on out of here, there, Colin? All right. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you next time. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. And as always, Werner Reinhardt is still in prison. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.